Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com and by Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. From Mansur's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge, we're Out to Lunch with editor of the Baton Rouge Business Report, Stephanie Regal. It's business Baton Rouge style. Hi, I'm Stephanie Regal. Welcome to Out to Lunch. Although we live in a digital world, probably most of us, whether at home or at work, have too many papers still stored up in file cabinets and boxes and piles that we've promised ourselves we'll go through one day soon. But one day doesn't always come. And and that can be a problem that not only puts us at risk for information theft, but it can cloud our ability to organize our finances and our lives. Joining me to discuss this is Jay Babb, owner of Secure Shredding and Recycling, a local company that provides document destruction and shredding services on site at your office or home, as well as at its plant-based facilities in North Baton Rouge and since 2019 in Lake Charles. Jay founded the company in 2009 and has grown it over the years. And today it shreds some 250 tons of paper every month for clients that include governments, businesses, and individuals. As its name suggests, Secure Shredding and Recycling recycles all the paper that it shreds into alternative fiber products. So the company is protecting the environment while also protecting its clients from information theft. Jay has a background in information management and was involved in several successful ventures before founding the company, which was listed in 2019 on the LSU 100 list of fastest growing tiger owned businesses. Jay, thanks so much for joining us on Out to Lunch today. Thanks, Stephanie. With me and Jay today is Ryan Green, founder of I Hate Receipts, a new app that, as its name suggests, enables users to snap pictures of their paper receipts and store them in a secure cloud-based vault where they can be easily accessed, tagged, and categorized. The data can be used in several different ways. It can help consumers better understand their purchase history and manage how and where they spend their money. The app can also be used to electronically submit receipts for reimbursement, cutting down on the time and hassle that employees spend filling out those expense reports for their bosses. Ryan, who is a commercial real estate broker, conceived the idea for the app while walking through the Atlanta airport in 2018, saw a kiosk that offered a scanning feature for receipts and thought there must be a better way. In the years since he's built out this startup and it's really a great idea, it's catching on and doing well. Ryan, thanks so much for being here. Welcome to Out to Lunch. Thanks, Stephanie. Okay, well, Jay, I'm going to start with you. Document shredding is is nothing new, but your company has really established and, and grown a niche here in this field. Yeah, we are. We're probably well. I know we are the largest independent service provider for what we do between Houston and Atlanta. We cover most of South Louisiana. In fact, we just made an acquisition. We've opened up in Tampa, Orlando, and Nashville. Uh, in the month of January. So, um, and what we focus on is primarily regulated businesses that deal with, um, with confidential information and, you know, healthcare providers, uh, of, of financial institutions, uh, legal. Um, we also have a lot of, um, of, uh, of households that, uh, that do business with us. And, uh, 
so anyway, we we have a very broad based customer base, but anywhere where information can be compromised or is regulated, companies like ours are, are key to engage in service with. Sure. And, and you said you moved into the Florida market just at the beginning of, of 2021. Right. We made an acquisition we, um, of some uh, health care provider contracts, and the contracts were pretty big in the central Florida market. So we decided to put two on-site tread trucks, one in Orlando and one in Tampa. And along with that acquisition, um, we uh, moved a truck into Nashville. Our plan is to be in Dallas, Mobile, and Memphis by mid-year. Wow. Fantastic. All right. We'll put an X there. We're going to come back to that. Ryan, I want to bring you into the conversation because, I mean, y'all are in a similar sort of field in a way, helping people organize their lives and, and get rid of paper. And that's that's a great thing. Um, tell us about your app, Ryan, and how it works exactly. Because there are lots of different sort of avenues I think you can go with it, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So our mission is to empower consumers with their purchase data. Um, in our view today in a consumer's world, it's like they're driving a car and they can see, you can see out of the front windshield of your car, what you want to buy in the future using search engines or Amazon, but you have no rear view mirror in what, you, what you've bought in the past. And so our mission is to um, empower consumers with that purchase data by unlocking the, the data that's currently trapped on what we call traditional receipts. So traditional receipts would be uh, paper and email um, we just, those are very, what we refer to as two dimensional. Uh, there's no interaction with your purchase data in that way. And so in our proprietary HD receipt, every receipt functions and feels like an app. So you can click the items, you can share items, you can comment on items and that sort of, that sort of thing. So, so can it read a receipt? Like if I went to Walmart, would it be able to read it and sort out that I bought groceries and also, you know, bedding or household items or something? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the way, best way to think about it is that like a receipt highway. And so if you go to Walmart and you get a paper receipt, we have an OCR. So it's um, optical character recognition that reads the data on that receipt. And then it puts it into where you can see pictures of the items. You can see if it's actually household or if it's um, if it's groceries and whatnot. And so one of the problems um, that my wife and I have is we try to do a budget each month, but every month everything from Target shows up as groceries in our budget. And so uh, what we provide is we provide a data dashboard to the consumer. Uh, so the best way to think about it, it's like an American Express wheel on steroids. So you can actually see what you bought um, and, and make it come to life. So. Fantastic. And then I guess the idea is that this will help people better manage their money if they understand their, their purchase history, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, so you can, you can see um, very much like an envelope system that some people use, but you can really see, hey, this week we actually spent $200 on groceries and $100 on household. So interesting. And, and you said you got this idea in the Atlanta airport. Um, there's nothing else like this out there. What they had in that kiosk was just a way to help people get their receipts into their companies quicker, huh? Yeah, so um, exactly. They're, so our nearest competitor would be like an Expensify, if you're familiar with them or a Concur. Um, they have an OCR on their side where they'll break down, hey, you spent $200 at Target, but they don't have uh, the ability to be able to extract that data from the receipt. So it's unique in that way is that it's not just about the receipt, it's about the data. Okay, so interesting. Jay, um, 
the other part of the name of your company, you know, is recycling. What do you all do with all of this paper, which I, probably the statistic I used is outdated because it was a few months ago, 250 tons per month. Um, you all recycle this and then sell the recycled material or what? Yeah, what we do when um, when the paper is shredded, either it's shredded on site and at the customer location in the shred truck or people. We bring a lot of paper into our facility here in Baton Rouge and it's a very secure facility and um, it, uh, it shredded here. Then we bale it, we compact it and bale it. We ship out about four tractor trailer loads a week currently, and it goes to a mill. The type of paper that we deal with, the grade is called sorted office, which is a higher grade of recycled paper. And it's uh, primarily converted, converted into tissue product. And we're fortunate we have a mill in, Nat in Natchez that specializes in that. So most of our paper goes to the Natchez mill. Um, I don't own that mill and I don't run it, but I, I've got a broker that, uh, that, that facilitates these transactions for us. But we, we ship out about four tractor trailer loads a week out of our Baton Rouge warehouse. Wow, that's a lot. So you sort of have like a dual revenue stream. I mean, people pay you to shred their papers and then people pay you to buy the recycled stuff. That's, that's a brilliant model, huh? Yeah, well, the yeah, the recycled paper, it's a commodity, so the price fluctuates substantially. And, you know, we, we saw uh, about a 60% price reduction in the last 12 months. So, um, but basically what we are, we're a service company. When people ask me what I do, my elevator speech is, is I'm a, I'm a service company. Now, I happen to destroy confidential information that's a service provide, but... Um, but what, with the recycling revenue we get, it allows us to maintain a fairly price competitive um, point for our customer that uses on the, the customers that use us on the service side. So it helps. It helps us keep our price down in the marketplace. Okay. And, and you had several successful businesses before this. What made you get into this, what, in, in 2009, a little over a decade ago? Yeah, well, I um, I was in the financial services business for 26 years, had a successful career. I was in Atlanta uh, as a regional director for a large financial service company, uh, moved back to Baton Rouge in 05. I purchased a, um, a storage business where we stored files offsite and uh, for, for professional firms. Um, a business that I bought had a shred truck. I sold the storage business in 2013. And um, when I, uh, they didn't want the shred truck, so I was talking to the lady that works with me, what do we do now? She said, let's get in the shredding business. So <laughs> we now we now have 12 trucks. And there you uh, go. so we've grown substantially over that time. We made an acquisition in uh, 2017 that was a game changer for us. Um, it was a company that had been in business 25 years here in Baton Rouge and uh, had a great um, customer base. and and we purchased them in 2017. With them came some very good employees. And um, so so anyway, that, that was a game changer for us. And this recent acquisition that we made into the government healthcare market is, is another big leap for us. And it's going to allow us to have a regional presence around the Southeast.
You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Stephanie Regal. I'm talking to Jay Babb of Secure Shredding and Recycling and Ryan Green of I Hate Receipts. Ryan, you know, Jay was was already in the business world and, and sort of familiar, I guess, with, with, with the industry he was getting into. You are in commercial real estate um, or have been for most of your career. Was it a, a huge or difficult leap to all of a sudden be in the business of developing and marketing an app, which is really high tech world? Yes. You know, the way I tell people is that at first you have the idea and then the idea has you. Um, it's kind of the best way to put it. So at first you have this idea and, and kind of give you some background on, on what I did is that I sketched it out on a piece of paper, just the way at, at my office and just the way I thought it could work. And then I took a trip to Vegas um, to a conference in spring of 18. I wanted to see, hey, is anybody doing this? And I went and signed in at a, uh, it was a payment, uh, payment space industry, industry conference. So I went and signed in at a computer, signed up at another computer, went and paid for the conference with my credit card and out popped a paper receipt from the latest and greatest payment terminal. And so that's when I thought, you know, it's game on. And so, um, you know, the, the interesting part about it, Stephanie, is that, and you can appreciate this, is that um, leadership is leadership, I guess is the best way to put it. And um, as a startup, you have those times whenever, you know, you don't know if you're going to make it, right? Um, and there have been times when I've had developers and, and partners in the room and you kind of think, okay, where's our runway? And just some, some times when, um, just one particular time, I just was able to look everybody in the eye and say, look guys, if, if we don't get this money, I'm gonna pay you somehow. Some way, somehow, I'll pay you. And it was so fascinating to see that room change in a heartbeat. And everybody leaned in and they said, you know what? If this guy's got the guts to say that, then I'm all in type thing. And, and you know, Jay can appreciate this too. I mean, in the business world, people, um, you, you, just people follow that honesty and, and that commitment and saying, look, I'm going to do what I'm saying I'm going to do. Um, we have to have a contract, sure, but your handshake is what you have. And they follow that. And it's been fascinating to see, you know, no matter what sector you're in, but, you know, from a tech world space, it's really helped me on my real estate business. And just to give a shout out to a client, they're letting me use their radio studio today, 75,000 square feet. You know, come buy it from us. We'd love to sell it to you. Um, but it's really helped me think about um, my business, you know, commercial real estate wise, from a metric standpoint. Um, there's a great, there's a great book that I'm listening to right now on audio on Audible called Measure What Matters, and it's about the metrics that that Google uses um, in their yearly planning and goals. And we use that within I Hate Receipts as our company, but also help it helps me you know, in my real estate world too. And that's, that's interesting you bring that up. We engaged last year, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of Entrepreneurial Operating Systems. It's from a book from, uh, uh, the, the core of it is from uh, uh, the Rockefeller Principles, I think. And then there's a book written by Gino Wickman that uh, that really is the core of, uh, of EOS. And um, we implemented that a little over a year ago and it's a very disciplined approach where our team gets together weekly and uh and we have certain issues that we hold each other accountable to based on what your core competencies are and what it the initial thing we did with this is it helped us develop a, a, a group of core values for our company and core values are centered around our customers our employees and our vendors 
And, um, you know, some people will ask me, why is your vendor part of your core values? Well, if we're good to our vendors, our vendors are going to be good for us. And when you're in a process business and you have equipment that goes down and you've always been good to your vendor, your vendors, you're going to be the first stop they make uh, to make sure your production line doesn't go down. But within those value sets, we look at uh, our professional reputation and how we're perceived in the marketplace. Um, uh, we're very customer focused. We'll do anything for the customer within reason. We won't do anything for the customer, but anything that's within reason, our entire team feels like uh, that, that we can meet that customer expectation. We always do the right thing. And uh, it, it gets back to what, Ryan, what you're talking about, honesty and looking at the people in the room, some, some way I'm gonna pay you. Well, every facet of everything that we do, uh, we, we always say, is this the right thing for our employees? Is this the right thing for our customers? Is this the right thing for our vendors? And then last, teamwork. Um, being a small business, um, and you know, we've really grown um, in the last few months. You know, we had 16 employees. Now we're at 23. Um, it's important that people don't put themselves in a box and feel that they've only got one thing to do or two things to do. When something comes up where we need assistance with somebody that's not in their core competency, they understand, let me jump in and, and, and help this person and uh, to, to see it to an end. So um, our value statement, it's really the core of what we are as a business. And, um, you know, there might be some things that, that we will change and make decisions, but one thing that will never change with us are our values. It's the basis of everything we do and the way we operate. Jay, you said y'all have grown from 16 to 23 employees and, and you've got more offices now, you know, and others planned. Um, what kind of revenues do y'all do roughly? Uh, I, I mean, ballpark, I'm gonna have to be. All right, look, we're, we're a service revenue business, so we'll do a little over 2 million in service revenues. This year we'll probably be um, about 3.8. So. And how many um, clients, customers? Uh, over 2,200. Wow, that's a lot. Um, Ryan, what about y'all? I mean, the app is up and running now. We can get it on the app store. And, and do you have a staff that's helping you build it out and service it or what? Yes. Yeah, so um, to answer your first question, yes, it's live on Apple and Android. November 1 was our launch date of the what we call the, the newer app. So we had one that was mainly beta in June of last year. Um, but so we have, um, so we're based technically in Austin, Texas. That's our office. And I had it here in Baton Rouge early on. Um, and then we, I got connected to um, our CPO, which is our chief product officer, um, this guy that was coming from Groupon and he built out the mobile piece. They, they, he was part of the team that built out the mobile side for Groupon and built that up. And, um, you know, we kind of have a philosophy that good people know good people. And so he introduced us to our chief marketing officer who was over there. Um, and then just from a, just from an optics perspective, um, I love Louisiana. I'm from Louisiana, I, you know, grew up here. Um, but when you're at a conference and it's amazing the difference between having Austin, Texas versus Baton Rouge, Louisiana on your lanyard to someone and just the streams that we're trying to get to 
it just made more sense for us to be there. Um, I still live here. I commute about once a month uh, to just to be, you know, COVID has presented a lot of, you know, new normal type settings to where a lot of our meetings are virtual anyway. So, but there's nothing like being in the same room as somebody and just kind of getting that feel. Sure, sure. Ryan, how do you make money on the app? I mean, what do um, We have three different revenue streams. Uh, so we're still pre-rev to date. We're first rev coming in March. And so that first rev will be pro subscriptions. So it'll be $9.99 a year uh, per user. Um, and the reason we made it lower is because in our business, it's really not about the uh, premium subscriptions from a dollar perspective, but it's really about the eyeballs that you have on your app and can sell that rev stream from an ad perspective. And so that's the second rev stream is uh, directed ads to the consumer based on the purchases. So our, um, our ads have an algorithm on the back end that builds up uh, customized uh, specials for the consumer based on what they've purchased. So if you've purchased a pair of running shoes, you'll get a pair of running sh uh, shorts, you know, that are on, on sale at Dick's Sporting Goods, something like that. So that's our second. And then our third rev stream is an automated receipt system for merchants, uh, because the world that we're trying to create is where we eradicate paper receipts. So when you come up to a checkout line at Target, if we have succeeded, you'd be able to send your receipt directly from the payment terminal to your phone uh, using a QR code, an NFC, something like that, that would go directly to your phone. And if you eliminate paper receipts, Jay won't have anything to shred, maybe. Oh, no, there are plenty of government <laughs> out there that need to be shredded, Jay. You'll be in plenty of this. <laughs> Jay, the security component, you know, and you mentioned that you work for a lot of businesses that are under regulatory, you know, issues. Um, how important is it, you know, in the space, of, especially today when we're so worried about information theft and all of the opportunities to, you know, take advantage of people through that? Um, how does that play into what y'all do? Oh, and, and how do you ensure that if I send over my hospital's you know, medical records to you to shred right. that, that nobody's going to make off with them. Yeah, well, we uh, our the organization that uh, governs our our industry is called National Association for Information Destruction. They offer a certification program through NAID and um, there are certain uh, things that where we will do a background check and, and an extensive background check on every employee we hire. We're constantly doing drug screenings on every employees we hire. We have locking mechanisms on all of our uh, transport vehicles um, if, if we're transporting things back into our plant for shredding. We have seven on-site tread trucks where the information actually never leaves the customer's location. And uh, the, all the containers are locked while they're in a customer location. They're also locked as it's brought to the truck. So. We have a lot of security protocols. Could security be breached? Uh, probably if somebody was devious enough. We have security cameras all over our facility. We have doors locked. We uh, we're, we constantly have eyes on people. Our security cameras will allow us to go back 90 days, retrieve information in, in the event that there was a data breach. Fortunately, we haven't had a data breach and um, since we've been in business in 09, um, but um, but we have a lot of security protocols in place. And if the customer is to a point where they just got to make sure that it never happens, that's why we have on-site shred trucks. And some of our customers, the employees will even follow our service tech 
to the truck and watch the the information being shredded uh, at the location. So, okay, as secure as you can get. Yeah, no, that's that's good. And and Ryan, I mean, the information um, that that is collected on your app. I mean, you like own that information and sell the content to advertisers, sort of. No, is what happens is when you go through a checkout line your your data gets sent to your personal cloud-based account and it gets anonymized and encrypted uh so we're aws hosted and so that information is not being sold to third parties as a raw data set what we do is we create what we call the data gumbo uh about it and so i am not ryan green i'm a 42 year old male from baton rouge louisiana and so that demographic data nike um, and it's a revenue stream for us because Nike has to come back through us to get to the consumer. And so there's a rev spend, there's an ad spend that Nike has to use. But we, one of our founding principles and um, um, is that that's your data. Like I'll, I'll give you an aha moment for, for us and our team is that we, we met with Walmart um, in Palo Alto and one of our board members uh, got a support uh, uh, a meeting out there. So we met with the head of the e-com division, went through their security checkpoints, everything, did our pitch. And at the end of our pitch, the head of the e-com division says, yeah, Ryan, look, I, I think it's a great idea. I hate receipts too. Uh, he goes, but I don't know if we want that data getting outside of our doors. And the chairman of our board looked at him, who got us the meeting and looked at him and said, well, is that your data or is that the consumer's data? And, they, and he paused. and. We all went out of there and we said, you know what, it's game on. I mean, once people realize that when a merchant asks you, do you want your receipt? What they're really asking you is, do you want your purchase data? And they're giving it to you in the most pain in the butt possible way that you have to throw that, you either take it and you throw it away and they're not giving you access to your own purchase data. And so that's what we, we've termed the, the receipt revolution and with a little slash to the receipt and say data revolution, because once people realize that that's their data and they need to have access to it. I mean, it's the whole, um, you know, social dilemma sort of re uh, revelation that's going on right now and people realizing that, hey, that's my data. And, you know, one of our core principles is uh, giving consumers the sovereignty over their own data. That's your data, that's your story. So if you want to entrust that to us and you want to put, put it into the gumbo, that's your choice. If you want to take it out of the gumbo and pay us a, a above premium price, then that's your choice as well. So. So you could do it either way. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. don't have to have your data in the gumbo, but if you want it in there and you want specials, then you can leave it in there. Interesting. So. Well, I wish we had more time to visit Jay Babb and, and Ryan Green. You both are involved in such fascinating companies that are your own idea and you're keeping us better organized, less cluttered, safe from identity theft and helping us make better informed purchasing decisions. It's great to know entrepreneurs like you both are developing companies right here in Baton Rouge. It's been a pleasure visiting with you. Thanks so much for taking time to be with us today on Out to Lunch. Thanks, Stephanie. Thanks, Stephanie. Appreciate it. My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Jay Babb of Secure Shredding and Recycling and Ryan Green of I Hate Receipts. We edited this show to fit into the time slot here on WRKF. You can hear our unedited conversation and find out more about Secure Shredding and Recycling and I Hate Receipts by listening to the Out to Lunch Baton Rouge podcast. You can find and subscribe to the Out to Lunch Baton Rouge podcast anywhere you get podcasts and on our website, it's batonrouge.la. 
If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from this show on itsbatonrouge.la and on our Out to Lunch Baton Rouge social media. Photos are taken by Jill LaFleur. You can find more of Jill's photos at lafleurphoto.com. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsbatonrouge.la and WRKF 89.3 FM. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our associate producer is Peter Raschuti. And our Baton Rouge business consultants are Charlie D'Agostino, Bill Ellison, and Ann Edelman. I'm Stephanie Regal. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week for more business Baton Rouge style on Out to Lunch. Out to Lunch Baton Rouge is recorded live over lunch at Mansers on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge. Mansers is open for lunch daily, 11 to 2, for dinner nightly, and for brunch on Saturdays and Sundays. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at MitchellForeman.com. 